Hello, everybody. This is Joe, your Dungeon Master. Hope you guys are having a great week. Hope you had a great Labor Day. Um, I just want to share a quick note with you. We've been super busy. Obviously, you guys didn't get a, a new episode last week. So feel really bad about that. Hopefully, remedy that this week. But in the meantime, we wanted to give you something to listen to. And so we are going to share the first four episodes of A Few More Beers. If you don't know what that is, it's a separate podcast that we do with friends of the show, Emma and Josh, who recap episodes from the show from the beginning of the show and they have one of us guest starring so they get to talk to us ask us questions as well as kind of go over the the in-depth uh, behind the scenes action of those first episodes so the first four episodes feature each one of us me kirk jamal and brian and covers pretty much until the end of the hammers reach arc. Uh, Hammer's Reach arc. So um, I hope you enjoy listening to this first episode, and then you'll see the other three pop up in your feed um, periodically. Uh, hopefully today I might spread it out, but I'll probably just give them all to you today since I feel bad about not giving you a new episode. But, but once again, sorry about that. We've just been super busy. Um, hopefully getting to more of a, a normal schedule later on. So um, if you if you like what you hear with a few more beers, this is going to continue on throughout the rest of the show. So they're going to cover from start to finish the whole podcast. Um, if you want to get in on that and listen to more episodes after these four, become a patron supporter. Um, it's just a dollar a month. That's all you have to donate to get access to that and a bunch of other perks. And it helps help support the show and um, you know give us money for for this this free thing that we give you that we have a lot of fun doing. So if you want to uh, support the show, go on to Patreon.com/slash/YMIATavern. All right, enjoy the first episode of A Few More Beers, and hopefully listen to the other ones. See ya. Welcome to A Few More Beers, a podcast about a podcast. Here we're going to discuss, theorize, dig into, and generally nerd out about the actual play D&D podcast you meet in a tavern. My name is Emma. Uh, hi, and I'm Josh. And I am Brian. Yeah, but we all know who you are. Data. Brian, yeah, can you please tell us your secret identity? Your alter ego, even. Ooh, ooh, can we can we call our can we call our like handles our alter egos? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Emma, aka Sabrija. Sabrija, my internet name or my secret identity is Kibijibi on the internet. It's about as effective as putting a mask that just covers your cheekbones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you ever see Green Lantern? The movie yeah. with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. No, it's it's right. It's, it's horrible. Why would I see it? Because it was funny. All right, guys. This is a podcast about media that is good and not media that is bad. Real quick, I gotta. Real quick, I gotta explain. Just real quick. So, there's a part when Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. I don't remember what her name is in the thing, but basically, Hal Jordan puts on his little like superhero mask that just covers like around his eyes, like in The Incredibles, and she and he saves her, and he go and she goes. Hal? Hal Jordan? Is that you? I've known you since we were kids. What made you think that covering your cheekbones was going to make me not able to recognize you? And I thought that was funny because it was meta. Okay. Well, well that might make it in. <laughs> okay. No. 
So, uh, so do we now want to get into our episode one recap? Are you ready for this, Josh? We have a challenge for Josh where he's going to recap our 41-minute first episode of You Meet in a Tavern in 41 seconds. We have a timer up and ready to count. Okay, Are just you to clarify, ready? before I pledge my soul, uh, do I have to fill the entire 41 seconds or if I get done do I like are you saying are you saying that you can fit the entire 41 minute episode into 41 seconds I'm just saying let's discover and, and ourselves in the, these next 41 hit seconds all the points all right, I mean if, okay yeah I think you're asking the wrong question <laughs> if you finish before 41 seconds uh you can ramble about anything you want have a oh boy here comes the green lantern including how Jordan yeah yeah okay <laughs> I sure am. You want me to count you down, or you want it ready, set, go? Uh, I prefer ready, set, go. All right, ready, set, go. All right, in episode one of You Meet in a Tavern, we are introduced to our three main characters. Carl with a K, a human paladin. Tug Mugbar, I'm pretty sure, a halfling monk. Uh, and Durf Turftoe, a... Dr- elf druid. I'm not sure what type of elf he is. He's a half elf. I don't think he knows that though. Uh, in the town of Woodhaven, with a lot of exposition by our wonderful DM Joe, uh, they are thrown into the middle of a harvest festival that they have grown up in this town of Woodhaven their whole life. They go and they go to a pet shop and they find a rat there. Huh, Eugene. Uh, not named Eugene yet. And then Jill runs away. Classic. Oh. That was uh, pretty good, actually. I'm um, equal parts impressed and also a little sad. (laughs) Well, thank you for your disappointment and your enjoyment. (laughs) I didn't say I was disappointed. I said I was sad. Okay, well, fair. Brian, my first question after my bonkers recap is, how long ago did you guys actually record this episode? Like, did you remember anything about episode one? Uh, Yeah, like, we've never really been too caught up. Like, it... We recorded, and I would say it came out within a couple weeks. Like it was not long. Oh, okay, okay. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's more than. That's better than most podcasts. Even now, like we we're actually recording stuff comes out typically within like a week or two of recordings most times. Like to live dangerously. Yeah, very. I have another question about recording. So Joe has alluded a couple times on the Discord and elsewhere about the uh, pre campaign mission that you guys ran where he TPK'd you guys a couple of times, and I would love to hear more about that. Like, what were you doing? I hear wolves were the main culprit. There, So the three of us, we, we ran you know, Carl, Durf, Tug through like a you know, basically just a one shot um, and we happened upon uh, a caravan a caravan with a gentleman that was attacked by and uh, we all died in unspectacular fashion because none of us uh, were quite sure what we were doing. Right, and so much has changed. How many? How many wolves are we talking here? I want to say it was like four. Something we should have very, like very easily been able to like thwart figure out. Yeah. Um, but. You know, and not even necessarily through combat. Like we had, like we had access to spells, and you know, I don't think I personally, as Carl, used a spell until I don't know. I used spell. I realized I used spells kind of early, but I didn't really start using them until like episode 
eight or nine. You used her paladin ability, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Which I which I realized I now have not used uh, in a very long time. Yeah. That's Classic. what we're here for. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, rookie mistakes. Welcome to a few more beers where Josh and Emma remind the players to use their character abilities during the podcast. That, to be fair, we need that. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> what we're here for. Okay, so I know Jamal is like the uh, rules rules lawyer slash actual lawyer. Jamal is definitely a lawyer. Uh, rules rules lawyer, I would, I would not go that far. Well, in the beginning, he definitely was trying... Yeah, in the beginning he was definitely trying. I was I was laughing uh listening to this episode about the uh the rules that Joe sets up, which are make sure your murder is interesting and speak in a character voice. He didn't phrase it that way, but he did say like no just I hit them with a sword. And the only one of us that's actually really good at that is is Doug. <laughs> Like, I listen, and his stuff is really funny, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just try and smite this guy or something, and it's like, great. That sounded awesome. But, uh, I think, to be fair, like, describing things in an interesting manner is, like, one of Kirk's strong suits. Yeah, and, like, I mean, you guys did, I mean, I think great with that when you were trying to figure out how to navigate other, uh, humanoid beings in this world with the, uh... For example, the dagger throwing competition where another dagger was substituted for the dagger and how you wanted to pull a William Tell on your little sister and other G-rated fair fun. I now understand why Joe wouldn't let me, but, you know, at the time, it was a little upsetting. Seemed like a good idea at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I want to talk about, like, that festival specifically. So in D&D, you kind of have two of the most typical starts. uh, And ironically, you chose the one that's not in your name. So you have the classic, you start in a tavern, which is the funnily the name of your podcast. And then you have the other one is you start in a festival. Um, and festivals are just, like, a great chance to, like, teach your players how to do skill checks before you actually have to throw them into real combat or something, (laughs) force them to interact with characters, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you interacted with, I think it was three total characters in said festival. We got the dagger dude, we got the, The uh, animal lady. Yeah, crazy animal lady. And then the old trinket lady. Right, which I'm pretty confident is the same lady wearing they're a different the, hat, but that's No, no, a they're all the same person. They're all the same person. That's my very first fan theory is that they all are the same person because you guys called Joe out on having the same voice for all of them. And um, I'm sticking to it because he does apologize in character. He's like, oh, you got me. Maybe they're, maybe they're all siblings. Do you like my imitation of Joe doing a, a lady voice? It was quite good. It was pretty solid. So I need to know... Brian, out of these three characters, um, which one was your absolute favorite to interact with? Because you actually had interactions with each of them, I think. I mean, at the animal one, it was just trying to get them to not freaking steal any animals. Well, to be... No, that's not true. No, no, it's not stealing the money back. Ah, yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) And and that's not also... There was an, an initial interaction with her... Where she had, you know, she was telling us about her pets, and I asked her if she had a specific animal. Do you remember what it was? You asked for, oh crap, you mean the tavern trivia. We're supposed to do this the other way around. I know, but I I listened to this again today, and I was like, I I did not remember that. Alright, I'm firing from the hip here. Was it a mongoose? No. No. Was it a wolf? 
Nope. A snow owl. No, no, no. There was a tiny, tiny owl, but I, there was there was a tawny owl. Was one of the options. A Joe tiny, Cakes. tawny owl. I may add. He said it was like three inches tall or something. It was like a snow white tawny owl. Tiny tawny. Owl. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. I, I can get this. Hang on. I literally listened to this again like three hours ago. Oh no, no, that that one I listened to this morning. So, she all the tiny tawny owl, and then there was the rat. Mm-hmm. And the newt was the, the third option that we had. Before those were brought up, I asked specifically for... Was it a tiger? Ooh, close. It was a lion. lion. It was a lion. Oh, I knew it was a big animal that I like a lot. I do, I do remember this now. You were really hoping to be able to see if she had any lions. That was my favorite interaction with the three of them, really, because a lion would have been great, um, as we now know. I love how, how Joe probably thought he was dodging a bullet with that. Being like, there's no lion, and then he gave you guys the rat. So, like, of all the options, do you think Joe regrets the rat the most? Like, if, if he did have a lion, or if he had picked the owl or the newt? Personally, I think that the rat was, like, the gold standard, not only because it's, like, I'm biased because I know of and have a relationship of love with this rat currently. Are you sure you wanted to phrase it like that? The rat is so much more of like what I would think is a Durf spirit animal than I would of any of the other options. Like, Durf being that like shady, kind of a thief, kind of not <laughs> vibe the whole time, I honestly think fits so much better than a tiny owl would. I think coming at it from a DM's perspective though, um, I think it's I think it's the least um, destructive choice out of the three because I think giving level one characters, especially one that's going to have a druid in the party, uh, a flying creature is a banana's choice. I think that's a I think that's a wild thing to have even risked. Um, and then like a rat can like go in places and be unobtrusive, so it's still pretty highly mobile. And then a newt, like you gotta have to keep it damp all the time. And people can step on it, and it's so small that, like, it can get squit. Like, I think that one would have been a dud. I think a, a newt would have died immediately. An owl would have been overpowered. I think the rat is perfect. Do you guys think, like, out of random poll, how many listeners you guys would lose if you killed Eugene? I think almost all of them. Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be a strike. I think it, the podcast would strike. He's like the Jar Jar Binks, like, like people don't, no, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, let me explain, where, where some people, no, We're hang on. are crucified for this podcast. You can just cut this part out, but no, but what I meant by that was where people think that he's a Sith Lord, it's like he seems innocuous, and like, unhelpful, like, not unhelpful, but like, like a relatively small part, but actually is like the monster behind all the machinations, that's all I meant by that, I didn't mean anything else, I just meant that there's a YouTube video about Charter Banks being a Sith Lord that I've watched a couple times now. Okay, fair. That's all I meant. God, guys, give me a second to explain myself. <laughs> Look, you don't get to talk. You don't like Harry Potter. Ah, uh, shun. Shun. Oh, man. I, I'm trying to think of what I personally would have chosen if I got to pick a pet when I went to the store. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty confident I would go with an owl as well. Just me too. I think a flying character would be fantastic. But uh, that brings me to another question. Brian, did you have, like, was human paladin your, your first choice? So, no, not really. Jamal and Kirk both kind of chose their characters before I did. Ah, so you got stuck healer. Kind of? A common occurrence. Right. 
Uh, which is fine. Like I didn't. I don't. I don't know. I don't mind it. But like, if I had a choice to do it again, I would probably do it differently. Oh, okay. Okay. What well, would no, you do? Yeah. Now well, you did you pick? I mean, you're multi-classing, so that kind of answers part of it. Right. I'm multi-classed into. Oops. We probably shouldn't talk about that. That's fine. Spoiler. Or I'll cut it out. Uh, if I got to do it again, we were limited. We were given restrictions by Joe on what races we could pick, but. I would probably choose a warlock or probably a warlock. That's like my, it's one of my favorite classes in general in like fantasy games. Also bard, but bard seemed overly complicated. And from what I understood, like warlock is just like eldritch blast, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or agonizing blast, depending on what uh, eldritch invocation you choose. What would your, uh, what would your companion animal have been for warlock? A lot of them have a, a companion. They have fine familiar that they cast just like as a thing. Oh, that, uh, I don't know. I never made it that far. Like, what are some examples? That, or a weasel, or uh, an owl. I'd want a succubus. That's a humanoid? Um, you can't own those. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's stop for one second. Let's let's stop for one second. Both of you are DMs, right? Yeah, and also, wait, the last thing, I'm going to get totally roasted if I don't include this. The main warlock, um, fine familiar, that warlocks can have and other classes can't is a pseudo-dragon. Okay, carry on. Okay. Um, Dungeons & Dragons is supposed to be fun and imaginative. And if I want a succubus as a pet, can we not make that work? Mm, yeah, not in a PG-rated podcast. They're people. Okay. I would allow it. Please forgive me for not liking Harry Potter. <laughs> um, I would not. I think I would have to have it be like it's got it's like a succubus soul stuck inside another animal. You could not have a living waifu body pillow with you at all times. <laughs> what? Hold on. What's waifu? <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Don't Google we, it. We can't open this can of worms. Um, it's... It's what uh, people call their their anime wife. Anime wife. Okay. Uh, admis- admission time. Brian has never watched anime. Never? Ever? Like, not even you've never once accidentally seen, like, part of an episode of Naruto? I mean, I've, I've heard of Naruto. I've seen, like, stills, but I've never, like, watched a show. That's fair. It's definitely not for everyone. Um, but yeah, no. So you know what a succubus is, though, right? Yeah, because it's a sex demon. Well, whatever. Doesn't mean you, have, you don't have to have sex with it. Yes, but it's a part. Like it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> what part of this aren't you gonna? I mean, okay. Should we just let's just no, move no. On. I love this a lot. <laughs> it's just a sex demon. <laughs> you don't have to have sex with it. I mean, I've never heard it quite described. Well, that's that what way, it is. But, um, I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> They look cool on World of Warcraft. But there's no guessing. That's what it is. I mean, okay. Dungeons and Dragons is supposed to be fun and use your imagination. I can make my succubus whatever I want. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right, Brian. Anyway. Why can't can't my succubus just be like a brainless zombie? Because then it's something else? You're not making this better. Then it's a brainless zombie? A succubus is defined by its sexualness. It's like the demon lord Grast is like the sex god. That's like his thing. I don't know who that is. Is that like a real person? No, he's in the D&D lore, though. He's like the official... That's why I'm telling you. He's the official demon lord of, like, 
sex and also other stuff. Why, why does it have to be official? Why can't we like why why can't we change stuff? That's the whole point. I want a homebrew pet. <laughs> yeah, but if but if you got a but if everyone's okay, look. But if you had got your lion and told everyone that it was a wolf, I think people would be confused, right? But if we'd gotten a lion and told people it was a wolf and they didn't know what a lion was, they would think it's a wolf. <laughs> I guess, but most people know that. Never mind. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, well, look. You know, you all don't know Woodhaven like I know Woodhaven. Okay, yeah, you're so right. So I have a question for you. So I want to know. So did you did do you remember what what your your compatriots' backgrounds are, or do we have to guess? Because I think I know Durf's uh, pretty clearly. But Durf, Durf, I went back and listened, and I know Durf mentioned his was a criminal. Well, he said he was a burglar, so I'm imagining he's from the, a burglar. the background. I actually have a Tug Mugbar's character sheet in front of me. Oh, because the sacred because Tug Mugbar. He records, he records right next to you. You have uh, yeah. the national treasure. You have the Book of Secrets in your hand. Really? Oh, we guessing his background? Is he... Oh, boy. Oh, is, it, is it Barback? It is Barback. Nailed it. it does, it's yes. Barbacking. Mike, uh, my guess was Playa, but so with an A at the end and not an ER. Can you guess his alignment? Uh, chaotic, chaotic neutral? Wrong! It's not on the alignment chart. It is minor scoliosis. <laughs> uh, and your background, is it soldier? Like, did you have one? Oh, uh, I did. I think. Is it folk hero? No, no. I was You did originally go with like trickster god is were you were you also criminal? <laughs> no, but he stopped them from stealing stuff. Well, if Barback was one. Uh, my 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 background was listed as reformed juvenile criminal who found God. <laughs> real yeah, with the had a real come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh it was a great part of the but podcast. Then, but I later left Jesus and then I found Jesus again. Yeah. You found a different yeah. Jesus. New Jesus. Yeah, Jesus you know 2. how a succubus can also be a lion? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Meshachal can also be Jesus. Gee, oh, you just, you're getting into, like, weird sexual territory with the lion thing. So, I don't... <laughs> I'm not letting this go. Have, I don't have Durf's character sheet. But, um... For character flaws, I do have mine in tugs. <sighs> Tell me your flaws. Would you like to guess Tug Mugbar's flaw? Uh, yeah. Boots. Better than Carl? It's boots. It, it's drinking too much. Height. Height. Height is flaw. Uh, genetics. So if you, can't, if you can't figure out, um, Kirk and I really didn't look in the book for a lot of our character traits because that's more of a Jamal. <laughs> yeah, he's a nerd. Ow, what a nerd that guy is. <laughs> Would you care to guess what my character flaw was? Worst burglar. Didn't like Jesus at first. Wow. No, it, it Worst burglar. Apathetic. Savage. Angsty. Is it, is it likes My Chemical Romance a little too much? Has fingerless My Chemical Romance gloves from Hot Topic. Why are you all being so weird? <laughs> What's wrong with my chemical? Nothing. Organized? I was. I yeah, actually. Yeah, mine was the compliment. I don't we're know. Get back together. <laughs> I think I actually used to own those clothes. So I'm gonna be honest. No, my character flaw was: if there's a plan, I'll forget it. That's my favorite if character I don't flaw. Forget it, 
I'll ignore it. And then YOLO. That's and then great. YOLO. That's your bond. Your Bell bond is YOLO. Nation. Yeah, my one of my favorite characters right now that I play, his his flaw is the same thing. YOLO. No. It's the it's the thing where if there's a plan, he'll forget it. If he doesn't forget it, he'll ignore it. What'd you say? Is he what? Is he is he a warlock? No. He's a has he ran has he ran into a succubus? Succubus? A succubus. Actually, yes. It's a different kind he of thing. He had a too. great time. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh he's a fighter druid, but this isn't about me. That's true. This is about Jill. This is Jill the podcast. So this literally says the demon right? lord Graz keeps succubi and incubi as advisors and consorts. What are incubi? Is that like is incubi the band incubus? Yeah, that's the same. They're the same thing. He's got the whole. They're the same creature. He's got the whole band incubus. They are playing for him. The all whole the time. thing. It's like the Love cantina band. But sometimes it's a good hurt. No one. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I was the one who did the recap, so let me bring this sucker right back. Uh, Post-festival, we had the fun old boys getting drunk yet again, uh, enjoying life very, like, Name of the Wind-esque. Um, let's all enjoy our each other's companionship and just get slammed. Um, and I believe you all woke up in said bar, <laughs> yes? No, they all slept over at Carl's house. Oh, right, of course. I had a sleepover. Mm, that's fun. Uh, and then you all got up, and your sister was gone. Ah, who would have expected? Wait, hang on. Do you know what this is? Brian, do you know what this is? This is Josh didn't get through the whole recap, so now he's doing it now. Oh. I that's gotcha. The well, it's because he started off really slowly. Like, his first, like, five or six seconds, he was, like, he was pretty I sick. prefer the uh, describing word dramatically, but we can use slowly, I guess, if we need to. I think I'd pick slow over dramatic as a self-descriptor, personally. <laughs> Do you have siblings? Like, did you have any grounds personally for, like, wow, shit, my sibling's gone? No, I am an only child. Okay, so maybe, so you saying I don't want him. About a younger sibling. Well, if, you, if, you, if you listen to episode, like, if you if you go back and listen, or I'm sure people have listened, we're talking about our characters. I don't know I have a sibling. I'm a little um, sad that everyone's name wasn't something that could have been spelled with a K or a C. Like, if your little sister's name was Casey, for example. That would have been, yeah. Well, we didn't, we didn't think that far ahead, clearly, because I spelled Carl with a K instead of with a C, which would have been funnier, as Joe pointed out. But it's fine. Hindsight 2020, of course. To be fair, I, I like the, I like the whole with the K thing, but I just wish I had not. Just, I don't know. I wish I'd chosen like a less normal name. I think it sticks to the family. No, but it, it sticks to the family like alignment to have your name actually be with a K. Right, but then like I, I get messages on like Twitter or we get messages on Discord or through Facebook, and nobody spells Carl or with the K the same way. How is that possible? Like, well, like. Carl is either, you know, sometimes it's spelled with a K, sometimes it's spelled with a C. Uh, with the K, the the K part, some people, you know, it's a K or a C. And I'm just like, I, I mean, it doesn't matter. Now, I'm, I'm proud of the fan base. I think that's the way to go with it. I love You're that. You're not even Team Carl. Yeah, Don't talk I'm to not me. Team Anything, so I'm less of a problem than you are, I've decided. If you were out there listening to this podcast, I'm being held a hostage live on this podcast. Send help, please. You're about you're about to join the Shundering. Oh no, I can remove it myself. I'm a mod. 
Yeah. I think I still have the shun tag. Nope, I removed it. Oh, did you? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh wow, you're so kind to that co-host. So, near the start of the episode, when you were first learning that you had a sister, uh, well, brother, and then a sister, and then Suji, you guys were almost doing the old, uh, like, tag you're it with who had to have the sibling, uh, and were even referencing back to, like, ah, no, I thought that, like, Jamal had to have the sibling. Um, Was the whole, like, full disclosure, was your sister disappearing something that you guys had sort of pre-planned, or did you just fully expect it to happen? We did not know initially um, anything, really. Uh, that was more, I mean, I think Kirk figured it out very quickly, or Tug. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what a good plot device. Yeah, what was. a lovely little plot you device. Know, he, he, yeah. he, he throws, literally throws yeah. that in there. Like, all right. Um, Noted. I don't think any of us foresaw that, it was gonna, that she was going to be that much of a plot device. Because, what, Jill could still be a lot. We don't know. We also don't know if my theory that Jill is truly an 800-year-old sorceress trapped in a child's body is not true. But these are all out there. <laughs> Yet to be confirmed. Is Jill a succubus? Is that what she is? Oh, God, no. Oh, I thought it wasn't weird. I thought it wasn't weird. I thought a succubus could be whatever. Done. Jill is, Jill is a succubus. Hey, welcome to a few more beers where we get super drunk before we record, and we call small children succubuses. Succubi, first of all. And second of all, we're all having a good time here. To to clarify, do succubi, they, they go both ways, right? Because they're, they're bi. Yes. And also, uh, they a, succu, a succubus is also an incubus. They just sort of usually have a preferred form. Don't ask why I know so much about this. It's fine. I think you put a lot of thought. I just into this. okay. So, um, confession: I am actually a rules lawyer. Oh no way! <laughs> if you couldn't tell from the everything about me, no, I mean like I store in like okay. So when I took my driver's test, I read the entire like manual twice, and now I just you read the yeah, manual twice. I didn't read my car. What? You drive. You drive your car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's helped. I always know when I have right of way. Okay, listeners, uh, I have no video proof of this, but Emma definitely t- pushed up her 1970s Coke bottle lenses glasses all the way up to her face. I always know when I'm right away. <laughs> yes. That was actually like, really good on you, though. Thank so you. My joke is moot. Okay, so we had a few NPCs introduced this episode, obviously like five or six in total, I think, if we include Carl's mom, or the with a K mom, aka uh, sorcerer uh, god level all time. Mama with a K with her two lines of dialogue is still legendary. Now, only one character, or two characters, I guess, if we count Jill, have made their visible return, um, and that is, like, our, our bartender. Um... Was that mostly a flavor thing, or did you guys just honestly really like the bartender character the most? We're deeply in spoiler territory. Oh yeah, we're knee deep now. Okay, oh, just checking. Fine. Uh, I don't, I don't think it was planned. Uh, by any like, I don't think a lot of things were planned. You know, like most things, it's kind of things that just evolved along the way. Uh, bartender. Uh, and specifically, you know, the rat, Eugene. None of that, I don't think, was planned specifically. I want to know more, speaking of planning, yeah, just I'm going to leave it at that. Speaking of planning, I want to know more about the conversation that was sort of edited into the 
end of the first episode about how you guys can't be murder hobos? Like, did we hear the whole conversation, or how did people take that, or was there... That is, like, so the part that Joe put in there is, like, the full conversation. Um, and from my understanding, you know, a lot of times when people are first new to D&D, that is a common occurrence. Yeah, they just don't know that there are consequences to their actions. Yeah. Jamal and I, you know, had never really played. Kirk had played some 3.5, not a ton. That is that was a a very good thing to happen so early on. Just, you know, yeah. Joe giving us the lecture, said, and, and you know we're not sitting at home playing this just for our amusement. Like we're putting this out to people, and if it's literally us sitting there for an hour trying to steal something, and then you know Tug trying to steal it from Durf, and then Durf trying to steal it back, or and then me trying to steal it, and then we can't steal it, so we kill them. Like. It's not fun. To be completely honest, when I say complete, to be completely honest, when I first listened to the first episode, I I listened to it, and that little bit at the end, I went, "Oh, thank God!" Because I was like, as a DM, I get a lot of like second, I don't know, I just get a lot of secondhand stress from people. And as a DM, listening to you guys do all that stuff to each other, the first time I heard it, I was like. I don't know if I can listen to this. It's so funny. It is so funny, but I may die of secondhand stress. And, you know, like, it, it's gradually, it's gotten to an acceptable level, obviously. Oh, no, it's totally, totally, it got better within the first, like, three episodes, even. Right. I think if we asked Joe, it'd be a different answer, but sure, let's move on. <laughs> I don't, I know, I don't think so. I think, like, I think Joe would agree. Okay. Um, like, even, I mean, even this the most recent episode that was released, which would be episode 32, there is some of that, you know, stealing and best burglar. Uh, which I still love. there, but it's not throughout the whole episode. Which, it, like, it, in the first one, it was a lot of the first episode, which Joe, you know, Joe did cut a lot out. Him giving us kind of that stern lecture at the end, like, you know, we want to do this so that people, people actually enjoy it and like it, uh, was something I think that was really good for mm -hmm. us. That's cool. Has there ever come up, like, a, almost like a real issue where Joe, like, gets frustrated or, like, visibly, like, unhappy with maybe something your characters have done or maybe even just acted, like, around your metaphorical table? Because I know you play remotely, but... Or is he just, like, somehow the chillest dude on this entire planet of Earth? Every session that we have, you, you get in... You kind of have a flow. And there's episodes where... We will record, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, we crush it. We might knock out three episodes in one night. And then there's a night where we record for three hours, and Joe's scraping together a single episode. And it just, it, it varies every night. But normally, you know, when we're done recording, I can say to myself, all right, well, that should be two episodes. That should be three episodes. There has been a couple occasions where Joe has been, one, there's one very specific episode where Joe was visibly frustrated. And it's the only episode where we've all four been in the same room. Ah, yes. To <laughs> the old drunk episode. Um, the infamous alcohol episode. <laughs> what what number was that? So people have something to look forward to? It was the Harriet episode. Yeah, yeah. Ham Hamlet. Yeah. Hamlet. Where, where Hamlet never had the yes. same name. Right. Which uh, he yes. still doesn't. Right. Which is something that has lived on and a Joe never planned, but... It literally, we're sitting around a table, you know, there's, as the beers start to pile, the cans start to pile up, 
Kirk and Jamal are sitting there texting each other back and forth, <laughs> laughing. Non-stop. I think as a DM, I would just throw something. Not at anybody. Just throw something. <laughs> Eventually, Joe's like, what are you all doing? And they were Googling it. Yeah, yeah. I think they mentioned that in the episode. Oh, <gasps> uh, that's gold. <laughs> yeah. So on along those lines of the beer cans piling up, at the end of the first episode, we hear the kind of like the beer can opening sound that they have that uh, Kirk does when you're all drinking at the end together or before you wake up the next morning. Um, do you guys usually like drink while you play or is it sort of more of a weeknight affair so, or how does that all go down? If you hear, if you hear that in an episode that Kirk literally just cracked open the game. It's not um, soda. I, no, I drink, I drink soda while recording Jamal, uh, typically like water soda. Joe, I believe occasionally will have a drink. Kirk normally has like three to five beers throughout the night. I mean, he's in character. That's some heavy RP. We, okay, side, sidebar, we used to go to Magic, like, we, we, he, me and Kirk would travel for Magic tournaments, and I would always drive, and on the way home, he'd be like, hey, let's stop at this gas station. He would run in and get a six or a 12 pack, and then he would just start crushing beers while I'm driving, while I'm driving That's home. illegal where I live. It's illegal pretty Okay, much just checking. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, as long as you're going the speed limit and you just pray, it's fine. And you pray. Okay, yeah, okay. So, okay, I was trying to think of, like, the few things that have lived on. Like we said, like, the H names have lived on. The bar in Woodhaven has lived on. I think, weirdly, for a long time, the Woodhaven Warriors as, like, a gag has lived on. It's always That's lived on. Still, that is it's still alive. Yeah, well. exactly. Woodhaven Warriors are still um, on. And so... They were traveling when Woodhaven was mm-hmm. destroyed. And so I think this really cool thing in You Meet in Tavern has showed up that I haven't seen in many other actual play podcasts is that these long, ongoing world things are just gags that the players have made up, which is, I think, a hilarious part of your world is that, like, you're sometimes, like, world-shaping moments are just from a weird joke you guys made. Uh, does it, like, make you feel like you have more narrative control over the overall story, or do you still kind of feel like you're just in the sweeping river of, like, Joe's DM? Do you have the illusion of choice, or...? Like, all that all that stuff, like, anytime, like, the Woodhaven Warriors are mentioned, for example, it's never, like... Oh man, this episode I'm going to bring up Woodhaven Warriors. Of course, yeah. It's always like something that will just pop off the top of like somebody's head, um, and, and most of that stuff, whenever it's brought up, like it might be Joe asking a question a certain way or expecting a certain thing, and it'll bring to mind Woodhaven Warriors, like for for Kirk, and he's like, "Oh, don't you know Woodhaven Warriors forever?" Yeah, of course. <laughs> Whatever. It feels very <laughs> organic in the show, so it makes sense that it's all. Yeah, Off I mean, it's never... Well, and the only person that ever plans anything is Joe. Um, and he really, he's the only one that ever really prepares. Yeah, honestly, as it should be. As it should be. That's the DM's cross to bear. Everything that we do, you know, Jamal and Kirk and I, is, you know, we try and react off of Joe. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it works. And when it doesn't, it just gets edited out. There you go. It's the beauty of the podcast as opposed to like, yeah, so how do you think this would be, the show would be different if this were like an on-air broadcast? I mean, swearing aside. Uh, I, I don't, it wouldn't work. I don't think just the way that 
Jamal and Kirk and I are in the way that we tend to interact with Joe, um, we would we would still be in Woodhaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that vote makes sense. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, right. Joe Joe does a very good job of kind of nudging us forward without like obviously pushing us forward. After episode one, you know, when he basically said, "Hey, you know, get your shit together," like people are actually going to listen to this. Um, everybody kind of, you know, there are moments where we might linger on something too long, but in general, I think we try and, you know, keep a pace going because, you know, a lot of times we're up against deadlines and trying to, you know, get an episode done, get it to where Joe can edit it, and now get it sent off to Jacob to get our music done. Um, and those timelines are very short when, you know, we're recording and, oh, this has to be out next Monday. Okay, so I'm trying to think if we haven't hit any notes of episode one. I mean, we got the Jill leaving from the mysterical map. <laughs> I have one. I have one. Hit it. Um, I would like to nominate a role of the game. And I know there weren't a ton this game, but I think my favorite one was when everyone rolled a four on their perception check <laughs> to, see where, to see where Jill had gone. I was like... Because, like, you know, if you're a DM, you're like, okay, I've got three people rolling this check. At least one of them has a good wisdom score. Probably two. Because you have a, a monk and a druid in your party. So, statistically, someone right. somewhere of them made good stats, but yeah. should be able to pick up where Jill went. And then you all rolled a four. And he was like, well, <laughs> you just know. Joe had something planned out, I'm sure. And it's like, alright, well, all these roles were terrible. These guys suck. Little did you know, little did you know that the wardrobe with the clothing spilling out was actually a gateway to Narnia. And um, you are stuck in your own world now instead of in Narnia. So that's that. Oops. Oops. What a missed opportunity. You know Honestly. I mean? mm. Oh, also at one point there was, uh, Jamal talks about how Durf's AC used to be different and it's a 14 now. And I'm dying to know if he made, like, Dexterity his dump stat before, or was it, like, a negative number? My guess is... I don't I don't remember specifically. I'll ask Jamal. But my guess is he made Dex his dump stat. Because, like, why does a paladin need charisma? That doesn't make sense to me. In fact, a lot of the uh, stereotypical way that paladins are played, and Carl, blessedly, so to speak, is not like this, are, uh... Pretty annoying. Yeah, that's true. So, can you explain that? Like, what what do you mean? What the stereotypical paladin is? Yeah. Or why they need charisma, or both. Uh, I mean, I don't care why they need charisma. I have charisma. <laughs> I have charisma. What's the stereotypical paladin? Like, I so I I have received messages that I am playing paladin incorrectly. Oh man, <laughs> that's amazing. Go okay, the internet authority on on more than the one stereotypical occasion. paladin is swaggering. In your face, holier than thou, um, kind of bullheaded, obnoxiously righteous, uh, and loud. You're the sec. You're the in character DM. Like you don't allow other players to do what they want to do. Like to a fault. Like your fun little banter about like have not being able to give the money back or stealing or whatever. That's that's fine, but like it can get pretty overbearing with paladins. Like if you have a rogue, they just and they're like, no, you can never steal. That is wrong. Like, even from, like, the person we need to get this item from. Like, I don't know. They they take it to, like, this weird extreme often. And, it like, Paladin kind of breaks down at that point. 
However, I think 5th edition has done a pretty good job with, like, their their oaths thingy, like, how their subclasses break yeah, down. Yeah, I agree. Of being able to, like, come up with some more creative ways, like, conquest and vengeance and all that, or even yours. The backgrounds also help with that. Or they can make it worse, like, if you have a folk hero paladin. That can get messy really quickly. Then you're just Gaston the character, right? Like, you're just... Exactly, yeah. I looked at, like, pal- like backgrounds and bonds and all the flaws and all that stuff, and it's like, I... None of that stuff mattered to me. Same with alignment. Like, I think alignment is stupid. What I think, in general, works for, like, you know, Tug, Durf, and Carl is all of us are playing... Is basically playing ourselves. Right. But just, like, especially Kirk. Kirk, like, Jamal and I, you know, turned up to 11. Kirk's, like, turned up to, like, 13. And so, like, I don't know. Like, all that, like, if all that other stuff is great, I think, if, you know, for when you're creating your third, fourth, fifth character, and you want, it gives you a way to, I think, ensure that your character is different. But for us, like, our flaws, our bonds, our you know, ideals, personality traits, all that stuff, it's never really coming yeah, to play. Yeah, so if I may on this, we talked... You talked a little bit on the show about this being a learning podcast, so if I may, just with what the intention of those are, I'm asking if I may. Sure, let's do it. No, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, the alignment is for, I think, people who have a hard time getting into character. One of the best things about 5th edition is that it's been made accessible to people who have never played before and have no RP experience, and I think alignment can help people get into that. Like, for example... Um, I have a new player who like is playing this folk hero paladin and he's on the city guard and then a kid comes up crying to him and another character sees that the kid is lying about needing help, but the paladin didn't see it. He was like, I'm going to ignore the kid, you know? And I was like, okay, so I understand that you're having a hard time separating metagaming, etc. but like a lawful good paladin folk hero who's on the city guard, in the city he guards, a child comes up to him saying, I need help finding my mom, like, he probably will go with the kid. And I think, so that's just, I mean, I think it's helpful for like, people who are not playing themselves as their first character. And then with the bonds and the flaws and the personality traits, there's one more, ideals, that's more for the DM. That helps a DM weave backstory into their overarching campaign. It's more like a plot. It's like helps with plot hooking and helps the people build their backstory in such a way that it can make the campaign personally interesting. That's my two cents on that. I'm going to reach out to Joe and ask him if, you know, because we did, we did like a backstory, like many episodes, and I'm going to ask him if that stuff played into what he came up with for us. Because my guess is it didn't. Right. And again, this could be easier for like newer DMs or people who don't know the people they're playing with as well or whatever. I'm just saying, I think it's there for a reason and I understand why it's not like great for everyone. Okay. Uh, this is, this is not going to get put in, but in core by Durf saves the little kid. Yes. Right. What did Carl want to do? Save all three of you, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't in the episode because Carl wanted to sacrifice the kid for the greater good. I'm just saying. Right, but you can. But like, I, I'm saying that that that's that can make sense depending on how you play it. Except they didn't let me do it. I'm just saying. They they, they vetoed that. I was like, oh, I guess I'm gonna have to kill this kid for the greater good. 
Right, but it wasn't like murder hobo kill the kid. It was like, okay, one life for the sake of a bunch, you know? It was it was Grindelwald. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Do you get that reference, Josh? He doesn't. Oh, no, you don't. Sorry, <laughs> it's the guy with the stick where he makes light come out of. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what a film. <laughs> what do you mean, film? This is amazing. You mentioned a lot, like, you guys played yourselves when you, when you like, stepped out into a character, and I assume that you, like, did not imagine that You Meet in a Tavern would have the following it does now. Um, and we know that, like, current-wise, your characters have made progress in spiraling different ways. Like, I think all of your characters are different and, like, not in the same pattern. Like, I, I think, yeah, like, Tug's maybe in the same spot that Durf started in emotionally. Like, if I would picture, like, where the characters are at now. Do you have, like, there's obviously going to be more pressure on you because you have an audience, like, following Carl's arc, I guess, emotional arc, compared to, like, a person at a table having an emotion, like, being aware of, like, other players looking at where their character is at. Do you, does that ever, like, come into play? Because, like, episode one, we see Carl just being like, like, let's see what I can do now. And then, like, in later episodes, we see you probably putting in the most work into your RP, like, compared to the other two guys. Um, or at least to have, like, stronger touchstones, maybe. Um, so, like, did that come from audience pressure, or is that more just, like, a personal choice for your enjoyment of the game? Uh, I think that's probably just more of a personal enjoyment of the game. Um, I think Kirk is, like, or Tug is, like, the comedy angle. Like, I mean, not, I guess, angle, maybe, but, like, that's, that's really his specialty, like, his shit. Oh, yeah, I would absolutely give him, like, the Shakespearean comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would say Jamal is kind of like the dry humor. <laughs> yeah, fair. Situational humor, maybe. While that, like, I, I, that is sometimes my thing. In general, it is not. And so, like, trying to find... Wait, well, would you describe Carl as, like, the Ross of friends? Like, <laughs> like the... <laughs> what? Okay, you've watched Friends, right? <laughs> I heard the theme song through my wall in college, senior year, every night for as many episodes as there are. Wait, Brian, have you not seen Friends? I mean, I've seen some episodes of Friends, but it's overrated. Okay, sure, besides the point. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways besides the point. Um, so, like, in doing, like, in recording this and doing a show, it's like, where do I fit in? Like, if, like, Kirk is really good, like, about, you know, one-liners and off the top of his head. Um, Jamal has a very, like, a different, very different sense of humor. Um, and, like, for me, the, what I, you know, kind of enjoy the most is the role-playing aspect. Like, combat, I can come or go, because, like, ultimately that doesn't matter to me. Like, I, like, I like, want to have a good story. I want to give something to people that, you know, try and fill in as many holes as we can. Um, you know, there's things that have happened that, you know, have been just off the top, like the speech in Corby, not planned. <laughs> you know, Kirk, Kirk starts singing All-Star, passes it to Durf, Durf's got nothing, and I'm sitting here like, well, like, we can't just sing All-Star and that be our speech to all these people who are gathered, you know, as we're the heroes of the city, so come up with that off the top of my head, like the talking to Mashakal the first time, you know, the, I think the second time 
was something that I did kind of write out uh, that plan. But in general, like, that's where I find the enjoyment uh, is mostly in, like, the role play and the story um, and just the cool things that we do as a group. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I think that's pretty evident, too, that we can see. Like, I, that's another really good thing about You Meet a Tavern, like, as a podcast. Probably one of the things that made me enjoy it the most was how... Uh, I guess your honesty, even in even in comedy, like uh, you guys are unapologetically your your characters, uh, and it's fantastic. And even Joe is like the classic, uh, the classic pulling his hair out DM at times, right? Um, and you don't get that in many other podcasts. Like you get the eye roll. All right, well, whatever. You're gonna play my story, no matter what, no matter what. And I think that that's probably still in Joe's head but like just having that uh like having that humor and comedy come out being a major function of the podcast I think is what really I really uh, attach to but like having Carl as that emotional like the solid rock of the group I won't call you the Ross and I know I've like I've left an abandoned team Carl at this point but like I was a long-term member for a, a fair amount of time I guess I'm complimenting you but I'm, I'm sort of wanting to know when that started so like how long did it take you to find out your role on a cast like this because you're also the new not not to jump in here but you're also the newer person in the group of people yeah so Kirk and Jamal and Joe all went to college together they've known each other for uh, a number of years. Uh, I met Kirk, it's been six years ago now. Um, and then I met Joe and Jamal just over two years ago at Kirk's wedding. I mean, early on and, and even now, like there are times where I am quiet because in the beginning, I don't know, you know, there's speech cadence or they're used to talking to each other and kind of kiss when somebody's taking a break and I don't have that. Um, and so, you know, as we record and, and, get to know each other better it is certainly something that's easier but another critique i've also gotten is that i don't talk enough and that's me being reserved not knowing not only like when to speak but a lot of times like they will interrupt joe while he's talking to do something and so a lot of times like i i try and let joe i try to wait until he's finished speaking because I want, I'm the type of person I want to gather all the information and then try and make a decision from there. Whereas, like, Kirk is more, you know, he hears something and he's that person on Jeopardy who buzzes in before the question, like, the answer yeah, is. Yeah, he might want to help shape the situation right. as it's being laid out before you. As far as, like, everybody, like, kind of worked, like, we literally started this expecting, like, you know, if people listened, great. They didn't. It didn't matter. Like ultimately, this is something we wanted to do for fun. We never thought that you know we'd have a Discord, we'd have a Patreon, we'd have anything like that. It's just something that's grown and has been just ridiculous to watch. Honestly, it's just not something you ever expect. Oh, well, I mean, I didn't, and I don't. I don't. I don't think any of us did. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think it's it's grown. Uh, pretty exponentially, even in, even in the most recent episodes. Like, I think you guys do have a steady rate of growing. Like, I mean, if Discord members and everything is anything to judge by, right? Um, and usually those are your fans that are a little more dedicated or at least are more vocal about it uh, than just your just your average, average podcast listener, I suppose. Um, so just, like, a glance back at episode one. Do you have, like, anything that you would... If you could change one thing about Carl with the cane now, uh, like if you could change one thing in episode one, 
besides the spelling of his name, what would you what would you change about Carl? Probably, I mean, nothing. Like I originally, it was just Carl's a little piece of putty. I don't I don't know like I don't know what he's going to be. I just know like I'm a human paladin. That's it. Arguably the best way to start, right? I mean, like if you're starting a podcast that's going to be long form, like yours is, uh, you want the like characters discovering themselves to be a part of you discovering the overarching plot and story of a show that that makes good sense uh, I'm gonna live in infamy for this one <laughs>